tradition to stand for the gospel reading, and I want to share with you from Matthew's gospel, but it's a bit confusing, so I was like, I want to talk about a little bit, or read it, and then talk about it a little bit, and then read a little more, so you don't have to stand today, so that's good. But feel free to pass out the baskets, because we want y'all coloring. Well, John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins. Uh, Jesus' mom and John the Baptist's mom were pregnant at the same time, and they visited each other while they were pregnant. When John the Baptist's mom heard Jesus' mom greeting his mom, the Bible tells us John the Baptist leapt in her womb. Well, fast forward 30 years when Jesus comes to the Jordan River to be baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, and John tries to stop him and says he is the one that should be baptized by Jesus, not the other way around. John the Baptist even tells the crowd he is not worthy to carry Jesus's sandals. Well, John the Baptist is so full of confidence in Jesus, but in our scripture today, he's starting to have some doubts. Uh, John wants to know if Jesus is the one to come, or is there another? Should he be looking for another? And you wonder, you know, what has changed for John the Baptist? And I want to say that there are two things that have changed. One is that John is now in prison, incarcerated, isolated, alone. He has denounced the political authorities um, like Herod, which led to his imprisonment and ultimately, ultimately lead to his death. He was in prison when Jesus began his ministry, so it makes perfect sense that anyone in his shoes would wonder if he has given his life to the right cause and to the right person. So John the Baptist, second thing, he he has also heard about the things that Jesus is doing. You see, John the Baptist lived in a time when there were definite ideas about the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And for years before Jesus' time, the people had been expecting a new king, a descendant of King David, who would restore the nation of Israel to glory. Uh, This individual would also be a prophet and a priest. And so John the Baptist hears about what Jesus is doing, and he is not doing what a king or a priest or a prophet would do. Instead, Jesus is identifying with people who hold zero social power. Uh, John may have, you know, expected that Jesus would welcome the excluded, but he didn't expect the Messiah to become marginalized himself. There was no uprising against Roman rule that Jesus was leading. There wasn't thunder and lightning in Jesus' preaching or in Jesus' teaching. Jesus isn't sending huge crowds of people into the streets to demand change or to overthrow tyrannical regimes. The old order is not being toppled. And John can't take it anymore. Are you the one or am I supposed to wait for another? So let's hear what Jesus says when John sends some folks to ask Jesus if he is the one or should they be looking for another. This is from Matthew 11, 2 through 6. Now, when John heard in prison about the things that Christ was doing, he sent word to his disciples, by his disciples, to Jesus, asking, are you the one to come, or or should we look for another? And Jesus responded, go, report to John what you hear and what you see. Those who are blind are able to see. Those who are crippled are walking. 
People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. Happy are those who don't stumble and fall because of me. Is this the one? You know, we ask that question a lot. It might have been after our first date when we're wondering if we have found a life partner. It might be when we're trying to decide the next path in our, in our life, whether it is a job or, or deciding which class to take. Is this the one? Is this the one thing that will make me finally love myself? Will this diet or, or this person make me happy? Is this the one? John the Baptist wants to know if Jesus is the one who is to come or should they wait for someone else? And Jesus doesn't answer John's question. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. Jesus asks, what have you seen? What have you heard? It's a callback to discernment, a callback to attentiveness. What do you see? What do you perceive? What are you noticing? What are you lifting up? What is the light shining on? When someone's going through a really difficult time and, and they wonder, is God even real? The answer isn't yes or no, it's what do you see? What do you hear? How is God loving you? How is God providing for you? How is God with you? Look and be attentive to where God has already shown up. I had something upsetting happen to me last week and a good friend said to me, where's God showing up for you? Where is God showing up for you? And I immediately thought of people who had reached out to me. I thought of the walks I had taken where I had seen God's beauty in nature. I thought of the quiet time and prayer that I had felt enveloped in God's love. I thought of the songs that I had belted out in my car. My favorite is from you know, my youth days. So our God is an awesome God uh, who reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. If you want to hear me sing that, you have to be in my car with me. I'm not a soloist. Well, God's presence today is the promise that God will show up again in the future. Jesus is saying, here is evidence. Have you seen it? Do you have the eyes to perceive it? And even though it is just a glimpse, are we willing to proclaim it as the glimpse of God's faithfulness in keeping God's promise? A few uh, days ago, Chad Freimeyer sent a message in the, the WRUMC app uh, to the parlor Sunday school class asking if anyone had a spare kitchen table for a foster child who aged out of care and is trying to furnish a new apartment. And within seconds, Brendan had replied, I, I have one. I, we just got a new one. Here it is, right here. Uh, last week, someone else needed a car seat because of car trouble. And within seconds, connections had been made and all was well through an app. We find community that we are not alone, that God has been on our side all the time because if God is for us, who can stand against us? You know, it's easy for us to, to say, well, I believe Jesus is the one, but that's not enough. We can't just believe. We have to look and see what we see. Do we see that the blind receive their sight, that the lame walk, that the lepers are cleansed, and that the deaf hear? You know, we don't know if John the Baptist has doubts or if he just wants to make sure that he got it 
right. Whether it is that lack of faith or, or whether he's looking for final confirmation, Jesus' response is, what have you seen? You know, this is the season of waiting and watching. It's the season of hope and peace and joy and love. But we look around at our world and, and we see injustice and polarization and violence and exploitation, and we wonder how long must we wait? I was driving in my car here this morning and on the radio they were saying that this week will be the 10th anniversary of Sandy Hook. And I remember thinking after that happened, if we don't do something now, we're never gonna do anything. It's been 10 years. How long must we wait? Why are we still waiting? You know, I live a life of great privilege. I have a bed to sleep in every night. I have air conditioning that makes it cool and hot and, and all the wonderful things. I have food to eat. I live a life of great privilege. If I want to go to the doctor, I can go. What does it mean for me to sit with the groanings of so many in our world who don't know where their next meal is coming from? And how can I hold space for those who have housing instability or who feel lost and alone and afraid. You know, John the Baptist looks around at his world and Jesus has come. And, and Jesus looks, you know, like a great guy, but everything about the world looks exactly the same. There is still much work to do. Today is the third Sunday of Advent, and, and today, um, if you notice, we've got three purple and one pink. Today is why you have the pink candle in your Advent wreath. Uh, the, the reason that it's pink um, is because pink is the symbol of joy, and um, gaudet is a Latin word meaning rejoice, um, but I guess rejoice is too hard to say, so we say joy. Uh, when Advent first began, it was a six-week penitential time of preparing for Christmas, similar to how six, Lent is six weeks preparing for Easter. Fasting, when Advent first began, was encouraged three times a week. Can you imagine in our world today if during this season we were fasting three times a week? I'm more like engorging myself three times a week. Uh, and six weeks is a long time to deny yourself and, and people needed a break. So halfway through Lent, halfway through Advent, uh, we have time to stop being penitent, to focus on joy at the birth of Jesus. It's an opportunity for us to stop fretting about all that we still haven't done, unless we're Colton and we bought all of our presents. Uh, but it's a time for us to, to prepare for Christmas and think about all the good things that life has given us. You know, oddly enough, joy is hard. And we feel like we should have lots of joy. A writer, Cole Arthur Riley of Black Liturgies, she wrote recently, joy doesn't mean everything is all right. It's the reminder that there is a beauty that cannot be touched. Jesus is telling John the Baptist, good things are happening if you're looking in the right places for them. So what good things are happening in your life? Are you looking in the right places to see them? Now, the very next thing that Jesus talks about blows me away every time. So John has doubted. He wants confirmation about who Jesus is. And in response, Jesus says, 
let me tell you about how great John the Baptist is. And so here's what Jesus says from Matthew 11, 7 through 11. When John's disciples had gone, Jesus spoke to the crowds about John. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? A stalk blowing in the wind? What did you go out to see? A man dressed up in refined clothes? Look, those who wear refined clothes are in royal palaces. What did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. He is the one of whom it is written, look, I'm sending a messenger before you who will prepare your way before you. I assure you that no one who has ever been born is greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You know, Jesus makes room for John to doubt and to grow in faith and understanding and calling. And this is good news for me. It's good news for you because we have doubts when we see the world around us and we wonder, is God really here? Jesus healed people because he wanted them to know that they weren't being punished by God. Instead, they were the beloved of God. So as a Christian and as a follower of Jesus, I have not gone personally myself, I don't know about you, but I have not gone from success to success, from, from less faith to more faith and just an exponential line. I've had ups and downs and trauma and through it all, through it all, God has never left me. Through it all, Jesus has healed me and loved me and Jesus doesn't make my troubles go away, but Jesus walks with me through them. Jesus holds on to me when the world feels like it's falling apart. Jesus is with me in my suffering and in my struggle and reminds me that I am not alone. I love how writer Henry Nouwen puts it. He says, it doesn't have to be spectacular. It doesn't have to be sensational. He says, whenever we forgive, instead of letting fly at one another, whenever we tend at one another's wounds, instead of rubbing salt into them, whenever we hearten, instead of discouraging one another, whenever we hug, instead of harassing one another, whenever we welcome, instead of cold-shouldering one another, whenever we thank, instead of criticizing one another, whenever we praise, instead of maligning one another. In short, whenever we opt for and not against one another, we make God's unconditional love visible. And those words give me joy today. Thanks be to God. Amen. Mm -hmm.